That would be fun. Um, and we'd have to ask Sherry that first if we can do that. <laughs> service dogs. Good service dogs. I feel like my dog serves me. All right. Um, awesome, guys. Let's turn our Bibles to Philippians chapter 2 if we have them. If you don't have them, uh, you can share with someone. Um, my name is Glenn Petruzzi, and I am married to an amazing woman, Danielle Petruzzi, who uh, it's amazing. Uh, miracles happen. They can happen to you, too. Um, so for a long time, I've been asking my wife, please, can we get a dog? And she's like, we have too many kids. I cannot take the amount of stress that's going to come when we get a dog. And I was like, oh, but I've never had a dog before. And my dad said the same thing for the longest time. We can't get a dog, son. I don't have enough money. I work three jobs. Who's going to watch the dog? And I'd be like, I'll watch him. I'll watch him, Dad. You know, and no, no. And then, of course, my dad gets married to, uh, to you know, a wonderful woman. who They're both disciples down in Florida. And she's a dog lover, so they have dogs all the time now. I'm like, Dad, what's up with that now? Well, she's my wife, son. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, but... Uh... Anyways, so um, I forgive him for that. Uh, but... Uh, but it was amazing how uh, it's really cool that uh, God worked and we were able to get a little puppy. Um, and it was because of someone who hated dogs, my sister-in-law. She doesn't really like dogs. And the miracle is that she wanted a dog. She wanted a dog for her daughter. So Danielle's sister, Shay, was like, we should get a dog, talking to Danielle. You don't, you're not going to believe this, but I would like to get a dog. And she was like, what? <laughs> so they got, a, uh, they, they got the same litter, uh, brother and sister. So they're all in the family now. We were like really familiar now. Uh, and his name is Tank. And he's, he's, so Lulu and Tank now are together. So I'm excited. Uh, we're excited. And um, we didn't want to take away the glory from God. But I believe God allowed us to have... I'm super happy. I'm like one of the kids. And we surprised the kids, too, which was so fun as well. Uh, and it was so hard for me to keep a secret. It was so hard. For like eight weeks, you're keeping a secret from your sons. You're like, I know something you don't know. And a couple of times, I said puppy out loud in the house. And she was like, shush. Be quiet. I'm like, I know. I'm sorry, puppy. Oh, no, I said it again. Um... But um, we're excited that uh, Lou's here. Um, and we're also excited about the theme, Rejoice. I know um, it's just awesome to rejoice uh, at these kind of moments, but also just in our spiritual lives. And if you're visiting, we are uh, uh, people that want to rejoice. We're people who desire to uh, rejoice in the things we have, amen, not the things we don't have. And to rejoice in the greatest things we have in God. And uh, we, we, we want to celebrate with you. And uh, uh, just be praying for Tim Conley. I know he, he did actually get, uh, he's been having, uh, he had surgery on his, um, on his uh, just head to help him with his headaches. And that went well. But then he banged it yesterday. Got another concussion. So that's why uh, he wasn't able to come today. So let's be praying. We'll say a prayer for him in the, the sermon. But I just feel like, man. Come on, Lord, just protect his head. Maybe he should wear a helmet from now on. But uh, poor guy, he's been, he's been really getting through things. We've got to pray for him. 
Um, and as well, we're excited about Easter Sunday. It's going to be awesome. We'd like to invite everyone back. Um, you know, I know we all have plans, but we're going to have a little breakfast beforehand. Uh, and uh, so come at like 9, 15, 930 uh, and, and get a little breakfast in you so you can uh, travel wherever after church you want to go to uh, celebrate Easter. But uh, I just wanted to uh, thank Catherine Morris. She actually has... Um, she, it had, she had in her heart to talk about the, the crucifixion from a medical point of view. And uh, she, she just sent me these slides that were so amazing. And so we're going to be focusing on just the incredible uh, sacrifice of Christ and uh, get deeper into that this next Sunday, as well as celebrate his resurrection. Amen. The story's not over yet. But I want to thank Catherine for just doing the work. She sent me a PowerPoint slide. When everyone sends you something incredible like that, you're grateful as a preacher because you're like, I didn't know what I was going to do for Easter. I know I was going to talk about Jesus, though. And, um, you know, but, but, but it's great when people have it on their heart. And it's going to be awesome next Sunday. It's going to be really moving. And we're going to kind of have the whole service in one uh, communion, sermonian kind of message, which I think will be really awesome. Uh, but I also want to just say for small kids... Just, you know, maybe just know that it's going to be a little bit uh, more, obviously the, the crucifixion account is intense. And so just be knowing that as, as you bring your kids into service. Amen? Um, now, my son watches Lord of the Rings. So, you know, basically, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's not that terrible. But, um, amen, let's turn to uh, Philippians chapter 2. And the message today is called Rejoice. You're not alone. And you might say, what's up with this picture? What is this? Uh, it's one of those, it's a funny picture, isn't it? He's pointing at a huge uh, number of chariots of fire. And, uh, he, and there's a huge encampment of people that are, are going after him. And it's from 2 Kings chapter uh, 6, verse 16, when uh, Elisha and his servant saw you know, the Armenians coming to them to attack them and essentially take over them and and the servant was just freaking out, obviously, if, if you're just, you know, outside your house is like hundreds of thousands of people, you know what I mean, that want to take you down. You'd be freaking out too. And so, uh, you know, the, the servant's freaking out to Elijah and he's like, my Lord, my Lord, they're coming. And he says in verse um, 16 of chapter six, don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that the heat may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elijah. And I don't know about you, but just the thought that sometimes you can feel as a spiritual person, I don't know if you feel this sometimes, maybe at your workplace, at your school, uh, maybe even in your family, that you feel alone. Can I get an amen on that one? That you're, you're, you're trying to follow Jesus, you're trying to be different from the world, and I don't know about you, but it's not easy sometimes. It's not easy to be different from the world, and it's certainly not easy to live righteously in this world, uh, because there's a lot of things that are trying to bring you down, amen? There's a lot of things that are trying to stop you from that, and you can feel alone. You can feel a little bit like, I'm the only one, and you're not alone in feeling that aloneness, because Elijah, uh, his predecessor... Elisha's predecessor, basically felt the same thing. He's like, I'm the only prophet left. 
And sometimes you can feel that spiritually. Can I get an amen on that? I mean, you can feel that sometimes. And, and I'm just saying you're not alone. And obviously when we come on Sunday, we realize that. We're not alone. But even more than that, we're not alone. I mean, in the world, we're not alone. We're not alone in this world. We have brothers and sisters all over the place uh, loving one another, serving God, rejoicing together. You know, it helps me when I, when I feel that. When I, I rejoice because I'm not alone. And, and that's what, uh, in this passage, verse 12 through 30, um, Paul was really speaking about it. And this is an amazing book. And it's right after he spoke about the incredible um, uh, descent and ascension of Christ. Essentially that he was, Christ put himself as a man to save us. He left heaven's throne. He left the angels. He left all the incredible things that are up there to die for you, to, to help you to have the chance to be forgiven of your sins. It's amazing. And, and he did that with humility, and he did that not thinking of himself but us. And essentially, he, he says in Philippians chapter 2, if you're, if you're there already, he uses the word therefore. Therefore. And he's meaning in continuation with that passage that says, you know, Christ made himself nothing, didn't think of himself equal to God. And he's saying, therefore, because of this, live this way. Amen? Because of Jesus' example, you're not alone. Live this way. And in verse 12, the Bible reads, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. And so he's saying, therefore, my dear friends, as you have obeyed, not only in my presence, but now in my absence. We know that right now Paul is in prison because of preaching the word. And he's not able to be there in, in the presence of the people to encourage them, to inspire them. I mean, imagine if, if one of us was just in jail, what that would be like, you know, because of the gospel message and, and, and maybe someone that you really look up to, maybe, you know, someone that you really get spiritual help from is not there anymore. And these people are going to have to spiritually grow now on their own. And he's trying to tell them, you're not alone. Keep living for Jesus, basically, and keep rejoicing along the way. Amen. You know, the secret of joy, that's what we're going after. And I think the secret of joy is our perspective. It's not our circumstances. I think that's one of the big things I'm realizing is that your circumstances don't dictate your joy. That's something that the world doesn't teach. You know, if if the Patriots win, we're fired up. You know, it's funny that seeing people, some of us are not fired up. But, you know, if the Patriots win, that Monday everyone's like, that was an awesome game, you know? It's funny, even like you take the Monday after the Super Bowl this Sun time and the Monday after school Super Bowl the last time, and you'll see a very different people. Everyone's coming to work. Oh, why didn't they play Butler? What is Belichick doing? You know, and you know, they're all upset and and you know, and, and you know, these is this is this is our world. And then afterwards, they're like, did you see that? The year before, it's amazing. It's incredible. Everyone's all excited and happy. And it's funny how we can be up and down, right? And Paul said, listen, you don't have to be up and down. You can have a strength that comes not from what the world 
is around you is. You can have a power in you that that gives you joy all the time. Amen. I don't know about you, but that excites me. Yeah. To be joyful. Amen. Who do you know that's joyful all the time? <laughs> People think Iggy, right? Amen. Let's learn from him. Amen. You know, but at, at the same time, you know, I I want that to be us. And I know that's not easy. I, I confess to you that I'm not joyful all the time. It's not something that's easy for me to do. But yet, just think about a couple months from now, us being able to have that perspective. And it's a pretty ambitious theme. To be joyful, always. To rejoice, always. And so we really need to listen up because even though we've heard of these passages before, do we, do we get these convictions in our hearts and minds? And the first thing that I always wanted to speak about is just that you're not alone. I looked at this passage we, we've already talked about. Those that are with us are more than those who are with them. Always remember that, that there's another spiritual part of the world that you don't see. It's the spiritual uh, angelic world. And it's also... There's hundreds and thousands of disciples all over the world, millions, that are, are, are serving God mightily. And we're only going to know that when we get to heaven. Um, this is an amazing passage. This blew me away. I've read the Bible a couple of times. I could, amen? I, I, I should have read the Bible. I'm a minister, you know what I mean? But uh, this hit me in the face to, you know, the other day. After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They're wearing white robes and were holding palm branches, amen? Palm Sunday, in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. A great multitude that no one can count. That is awesome. You know, a lot of us can go, well, there's not a lot of Christians in the world. This passage says that's not true. Amen. That there's a lot of Christians all over the place, but you don't see them. You know, I remember if you saw X-Men, that one X-Men, there's so many of them now. <laughs> X-Men reborn, X-Men reverse the curse, X-Men, you know, all these different things, right? X-Men, young Xavier, X-Men, you know, babysitting in the, you know, the cradle, you know, all these different X-Men. But one of the X-Men was when... He saw where all the X-Men were, you know, it was like that point when he put that thing on and he, he, they, they were trying to use it against the X-Men, right? But everywhere in the world, you saw all the X-Men, all the red was in the world, you know, and, and, and I wish we could do that. I wish you could like Google Earth, all the people that have the Holy Spirit in them. Wouldn't that be awesome? Wait a second. Two streets down from me, there's a Christian. What? You know, I wish we could know that. Someday we're going to know that. Think of all the faces. You're going you're gonna to see, you might see your grumpy elementary math teacher there. You're like, oh my goodness. She's like, I know, I was grumpy for most of my life. But then I found Jesus. You know what I mean? You know, it's like, wow. You know, the bully that used to beat you up, you know. She's going to be there, you know. And, and just all the different things, you're going to be blown away. Every tribe, every language. You know, there's going to be people from ISIS there. I mean, that's intense to think about. People that obviously 
they've repented. Yeah, I died for it. I became a Christian. And I, and I, and I, I said, what you're doing is wrong. And I tried to fight against them from doing that, but, but I got killed before I could do it. But I'm a follower of Jesus. You know, like, wow, there's going to be things that are going to be amazing when we go and see them. And that's what Revelation says, a great multitude from every nation, tribe, and people, and language. The news can be discouraging, and this is why we come to church. This is why we read our Bibles, to hear the good news. Amen. The good news. Imagine if they just had a channel, you know, GNN, you know what I mean? Good News Network, you know what I'm saying? Well, we fired up. You know, there, there used to be KNN, you know, the best news you'll ever hear. You know, I, I loved it. You know, at the same time, there's a real truth, the fact that we have to fill ourselves with good things. If you're going to be joyful, always, you have to fill yourself with good things. You know, when you eat healthy and then you go to McDonald's and have a Happy Meal or a McDonald's, you know, something, a, a Big Mac, they call it, right? I did that one time. I was eating healthy. And I'm like, you know, I'm eating healthy. Let me go to, you know, let me go to McDonald's and, you know, get, get a little Big Mac. Would you like two patties with that Big Mac? I'm like, yeah. Let's do it. I filled myself with that Big Mac, and I was like, this is so good. Five seconds later, I'm like, Ugh! I'm dead. I'm like a zombie walking around the whole day. I'm like, what's wrong with you, Glenn? I don't know. So my body's rejecting it. It's like, get out of here. What is this? You were doing so good, and then you filled us with this junk. You know, basically that can happen. We can have, our, we can have church, right? And then Monday, we, we allow ourselves to be filled with that, you know, fast food bad news. And I want to encourage us to not do that anymore. Amen? Amen. To, to, to cut off the distractions, cut off the things that are negative. So that, amen, like this passage says, we can rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Why did Paul say it again, church? Amen. To remind us. I'm going to rejoice. And then you start grumbling. Oh, no, no, I'm going to rejoice, I mean. That's what can happen, right? You can make a decision to rejoice always. And then life hits us in that again part right here. <laughs> right around here. <laughs> and then, well, yeah, rejoice. In the Lord, let your gentleness be ever the Lord is near. And the first point that I want to say, and this is going to be a very quick, quick message for, for this, because I think it's simple, but I want you to write them down. God is working. Amen? Yeah. That's the first point. This is why I can be joyful. It's because God is always working. Amen? Yeah. In verse 13, it says, For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. God is working. God is working. I mean, he's always working. And if you are a disciple of Christ, you've been repented and been baptized, God is literally in you working. He's working. He's working. He's working on your, your, your character. He's transforming you into the likeness of Christ. And he's helping you to do the right thing. You know, I thought this the other day. How many things that I do good can I take credit for? <laughs> I knew who I was before Christ, now who I'm after. How many good things did I do that I can take credit for? You know, there's been times I've been spiritually in trouble. Who's been in spiritually in trouble sometimes? You're in spiritual trouble, and then somehow you get back to where you want to go. Somehow you confess the sin. Somehow you, 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 you repent. 
And, and it's kind of like, I don't even know how that happened. How did that happen? How did I know that I'm doing wrong and that I need to go back and get help in this area? God is working in you. He's working in you to accomplish something great. And even though things might be challenging sometimes, God is working around us. You know, everything in Romans uh, 8, he says, God works for the good in everything. That's intense, right? For those who love him. He's working the good in you. I don't know about you, but that helps me rejoice. That even in the hard times, even in the challenging times, even when I'm not doing the greatest, God's not done yet. God's not done yet. And, and, and I wish we could see the future sometimes. Because if we could see the future, we'd be a lot happier sometimes. Yeah. You know, if we saw the end of it all, the multitudes. You know, if we could just go to heaven for like, that's what I don't like about, that stinks that Paul got to do that. <laughs> got to go to the third heaven before everyone else did. I believe he had a perspective that we need. This same Paul wrote this book in Philippians. He was caught up in the third heaven. He saw things that are inexpressible that a man cannot, is not permitted to talk about. I'm like, why can't you talk about it, Paul? Talk about it. He's like, no, I'm not going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about how weak I am. Okay, Paul, talk about the thorns. What about that other stuff you're talking about? The cool stuff, you know? And God's like, you know what? I want you to figure it out. I want you to see it for yourself. And again, God is working in us. We can rejoice because of that. We can rejoice because God is working in us. What does this mean? Well, you ever have a workout buddy? Workout buddy? I need to get a workout buddy. Brandon is notorious for workout buddies. He's got like 17 of them in the ministry right now. He just has workout buddies. I'm working out with Coma. I'm working out with this person. I'm working out with that person. I'm working out with... No, don't be offended. You might think you were the only workout buddy. I blew it up for you, man. I'm sorry, bro. But I love that. You know, and, and what does a workout buddy help you do? I'm going to be at the gym, and then if you don't show up, what happens? Dude, where were you, man? We talked about you coming and working out. Like, yeah, I know. I, my belly was hurting today. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, why was it hurting? I ate the McDonald's. You know? Oh, no. God is our workout buddy. He's our workout buddy. He's the one who's like, listen, I'm at the gym. Let's work out spiritually together. I'm ready to spot you. I'm ready to help you. You're not alone. Amen? Amen. But what do you need to do if you're going to work out? You have to actually go Amen. to the gym, to the place you're going to work out at. That's like 90% of the hardness about working. It's not the workout. It's getting yourself to the gym. It's getting yourself outside when it's cold. Running for some reason in the cold. It's like, I'm going to go run today. And you're like, Whoosh. you're like, maybe not. You know what I mean? It's hard to get out there. You know, that first step is the hardest, right? The first push is the hardest. And yet that's what he says. He says, verse 14, do everything without grumbling or arguing. So that you become blameless, pure, children of God without fault in this uh, Children of, without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Earlier on, he says, continue to work out your salvation. There it is. I'm not taking scripture out of context. Work out. You know, that word does mean actually 
to, to exude physical energy. It, it's, 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 it's how we get workout. It's, it's where we get it from. It's, it's, a, it's a Greek word about using our energy, using our strength to work out our salvation, it says, with fear and trembling. Now, does this mean that we earn our salvation? No. no. We can't earn our salvation. The blood of Jesus earned it. But if you're going to do spiritually, if you're going to get more and more like Jesus, you absolutely have to work out with God. You know, man, most of the time when I, you know, if you do a spot, I love people that they have like all this weight on. You're like, he ain't going to lift that on his own. All right, give me a spot. Give me a spot. You know what I mean? Nigga, ah, you know, you see me at the gym where they're just like trying to push it up and then. Okay, I need a spot. I need a spot. <laughs> and then they lift it with you. You know what I mean? That's kind of how I am spiritually, you know, with God. I, I'm like, ah, you know, lead my family, be a great husband, be a great, you know, dad. Ah, and God's like, I got you. Let's, let's work out together, right? God's got you. He's spotting. He's not going to let the barbell hit you in the chest. Oh, I've done that so many times. It's the worst. It's the worst feeling. Help. <laughs> Help. No one ever hears you when you do that. You know what I mean? Hey, hey man, hey, I need some help. Everyone's just like, oh my goodness, you need help. And you feel so, you know, and, and I've actually been prideful enough to roll off the barbell all down my stomach. I've also been working out alone and done that before. That's the worst. I'm like, I got this. 15, I'm at 12, I'm like, you know, you're like, I'm going to literally burst some vessels somewhere, and then you're just like, boom, no one's home, because I had a home gym, and you just roll it off your chest, you know, and that's not fun, that's how I spiritually feel when I'm trying to do it on my own, that's how it feels like to try to work out your own salvation, but you got to include God in that workout spiritually, you're not alone, you have a workout party, a workout Party, amen. Workout partner, it's a party in Jesus, and and so, but you have to do the work. You know, it's amazing what two people can do versus one. Two people can lift a lot more than one person, exponentially more, ten times sometimes as much with two people than one. It's amazing what two people can do, and this God is pretty powerful, and He can spot a lot of people at the same time. That's right. Let's work with God out our salvation. You know, if you're studying the Bible, if you're contemplating becoming a Christian, I just want to encourage you, you can do it. You can do it. You know, God is, you go, no, I can't do it. I'm, I'm not where I need to be. I'm not, guess what? You have God spotting you. Amen. You know, if, if you didn't have God, I'd say, yeah, you can't do it. <laughs> I, can't, I couldn't do it either. It's so hard to live like Christ. You can do it. With God. And so that's why I rejoice because when I'm not doing well, when I'm having a hard time, all I have to say is, God help me. And He hears even a whisper. Amen. I don't have to be so loud about it. And He hears us and He helps us. Amen. Amen. Next point really is moving to me shine like stars. Stars are shining. Stars are shining. Paul's a great example of a star shining in the universe. But I want to talk a little bit more just some of the heroes in the faith that are living today, that I think are incredible. The Bible says, do everything without grumbling or complaining. A hero, spiritually in my mind, 
isn't someone that preaches to a thousand people, isn't someone who, who is very smart and knows how to break down the Bible, it's somebody who doesn't grumble or complain. Wow. That's, that's a hero. Somebody that has gone through some tough things and doesn't grumble or complain. You know what I love about Paul? He never grumbled or complained. Look in his Bible. It never says, look in the Bible. It doesn't say he grumbles or complains. He's in jail because of someone else's preaching, stirring things up for him. And he's not grumbling. He's rejoicing. He was, the Bible says, three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. That's encouraging. Three times I was shipwrecked. I received the Jews the 40 lashes minus one five times. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in dangers with bandits, in dangers from fellow Jews, in dangers for Gentiles, in dangers in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea. He's in danger, guys. And in danger from false believers. I've labored and toiled and have gone without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst. I've gone without food. I've been cold and naked. Besides everything, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. And he goes on. This was his life. And yet, if you read Philippians, you're like, this guy's having a party. He's, he's so rejoicing. And he had the perspective. We can learn a lot from these heroes in the faith. These stars that shine in the universe. You know what's amazing? Paul is still shining so brightly. And when you live for God... You become one of those stars in the midst of so many others as examples. You know, Wyndham Shaw is going through a lot. He's an elder in the church. He's, he, he's going through something like ALS, and he's got, uh, his, his body's just breaking down. But you go to him, and he says, I'm living the dream. And he's grateful, and he's joyful, and he's happy, and he loves to talk sports with you. And he loves to talk about spiritual deep things. And yet, as we heard yesterday, he's going through a lot. He's a hero. He doesn't grumble or complain. I've never heard him grumble or complain. I've never heard of him grumbling or complaining. That's an amazing hero in the faith. Amen. Another person that we know, yeah. Kathy you know, and, and Guy Hammond. Amen. Yeah. Just If you're friends on Facebook, look at their page. Yeah. And you'll be blown away. Yeah. You know, she has uh, brain cancer and... They have been going through a lot. And, you know, Guy leads the strength and weakness ministry mightily and has helped so many people all over the world and is still going on and helping people. Kathy happened to, you know, come down with this, this cancer in her, in a tumor in her brain. It's been really hard. And there was one post I love. Was, it was freezing cold, negative 20 out. And they went out to the pond. You know, they're from Canada. So, you know, they love the cold and hockey. Hockey, e, e. So one of them, one of the, the sons says, Can, "Let's go out and do hockey. Let's let's play." And 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 guys like, "Okay, cool. Have a good time." And then she, she, he, the son goes, "Well, Kathy wants to go." Well, Kathy can't go. She's in a wheelchair. Well, Kathy's getting your mom's getting her her jacket on right now. So the guys like, "What are you talking about? How am I going to go? Figure it out." <laughs> So they took her on the ice. You know, they took her out there, and she's out there, you know, and, and she's, he's got his ice skates on. He's pushing her around in a wheelchair on this huge frozen pond. They're playing hockey, and they're with their whole family. That's incredible. 
But that's a star in the universe. Someone who can stay faithful and strong through this whole thing, despite these challenges. Um, it's a star in the universe. That's what we are when we don't grumble or complain. You know, sometimes we say, oh, I shouldn't don't grumble or complain. It's not being grateful. But you're not shining as brightly when you grumble or complain. And that's what Paul's point was. How bright is she shining? I mean, are you kidding me? She's inspirational to me. And she's living life to the full. I'm like, wow, did I enjoy my life as much as Kathy did yesterday? You know, I need to enjoy it every single second, right? Another incredible couple is Scott and Lynn Green. And we know a lot what's going on with them. And actually brain cancer too. And I was amazed at just the post. You know, he's an amazing hero. And she's an amazing hero in the faith. They basically helped plant, was, was the leaders of the China missions that now has thousands of thousands of disciples because of their life. First of all, you realize there's, there's no Chinese in them, both of them. But they went with a mission team. And actually, Lian's parents were a part of that mission team. Pretty amazing how everything is connected and they're heroes in the faith. But what, I, what was most moving, I mean, they are incredible heroes in the faith. You know, helped so many churches. How many people have they helped become disciples? I don't even know. You know, Lord, this is one of them. But so many other, I mean, so many. I mean, thousands and thousands. It, that is so amazing and impressive and incredible and inspiring. But Lynn's post on Disciples Today was the thing that really hit me. It says, in closing, Lynn says, We are doing well with each other, cherishing each moment and with God. I have promised to hold tight to Scott's hand until Jesus grabs it and I must let go. Thank you for your love, prayers, and support. Just that perspective. I'm going to hold on to him tight until Jesus takes hold of it and I have to let go. You know, this is no grumbling or complaining. You know, I don't know about you, but this helps, this, this shines so brightly in my face. And I know if you're visiting, you don't know these people, but they're heroes. Because, and you know people also who shine that you know, family members or people that you love, that, that they're examples to us. They shine because they enjoy the blessings they do have. And they don't look at the blessings they don't. That's the power that he was talking about. Don't grumble or complain because you'll shine like mightily in this universe. Amen? Yeah. Last but not least, you have friends. Friends that are serving. Let's go to verse 19. Amen. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare, for everyone looks out to their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. Not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send to him as soon as I see how things go with me. And I'm confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon. But I think it's necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier, who is also a messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. For he longs for all of you in his distress because he heard he was ill. Indeed, he was ill and almost died. But God had mercy on him, not only on, all, only on him, but also on me, 
to spare me the sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore I am all the more eager to send him, so that when you see him again, you may be glad, and I may have less anxiety. Paul has anxiety sometimes. Amen? The thing that's convicting, it's about other people. It's never about himself. That's a double-edged sword right there. Okay. So then, welcome him in the Lord with great joy, and honor people like him. Because he almost died for the work of Christ. He risked his life to make up for the help you yourselves could not give him. You know, I just want to talk about these two people, Epaphroditus and Timothy. And you know, as we think about our lives and the friends we have, I mean, we're starting our family groups up. We're starting, we, we just, I just love our church, our family here. Um, we have so much fun together. I mean, when we do a Man Up event, it's one of my favorite things in the whole world, getting with the bros. And we just man up. And we just do all these crazy stuff together. It's so much fun. They're the best breakfast makers I've ever seen in my life. Literally. Amazing. You know, there's more breakfast than you need always. We always just have so many eggs, so many pancakes. We're able to just encourage each other. It's an amazing group. The sisters, they're just so beautiful, so amazing, so willing to serve. Our family's been through so many things, even being here in Maine, and you've been our family here, deeply. You've loved us, you've cared for us, and we have, we have real friendships in this church that are going to be eternal, and it's wonderful, it's beautiful. And if you're visiting, I want to say, we want to be your friends, we want to be that with you, but the kind of friends that, that I'm talking about, I never had in the world. I never had these kind of friends. Friends that will do anything for you. Friends that accept you for who you are. I mean, I always, there was a lot of friends that when I became a Christian, they just didn't want to have anything to do with me. You know, there's other friends that stayed close to me, which was encouraging. There are friends that I've told things to that are the most embarrassing things I've ever told a person in, in the whole world. And yet they say to me with tears, I respect you more for sharing that with me. You know? It's incredible the ways, you know, when we're going through a tough thing, I get a meal from Lenny and Denise and so many of other people, when we're going through stuff, they're there. You know, this is what Paul felt in the church. He felt these kind of relationships. And when they serve you and encourage you and, and work with you alongside as we, as we preach the word, as we help people, as we just try to make it there ourselves, I just want to think about these two people, Timothy and Epaphroditus. And the first thing I observe about Timothy is that Timothy was a younger person that was being mentored. And I, I think it was really cool the way, uh, I think Charlie mentioned this before, that there's three kind of relationships that we all want in the church. The first one is that we're mentoring someone. You go, I can't mentor anyone. I'm still young. No, you can mentor people. You can mentor people. Absolutely. Wherever you are in Christ, you can mentor people. Because there's always going to be somebody who, who needs help. Who needs encouragement? Who maybe knows a little less than you do? And if you think oh, I can't mentor anyone, I can't do that. That's where you're wrong. Who's your Timothy? That's a good question to ask. Who's your Timothy? I don't have a Timothy. I, I guess I'm just a Timothy. Well, you know what? Soon you'll have a Timothy. Soon you'll have somebody who you can help. Then there's uh, the aspect of being trained by someone, being mentored, right, by someone. Who's your Paul? Who's your Paul? You go, uh, or who's your Pauline? You know? But, you know, who, who, who's your Paul? You know, I mean, 
it, it's encouraging, you know, just to have someone that you can look up to and, 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 and have that friendship with where, you know, there's a lot of things in life you just have never been through and getting that help from someone. Maybe he's, they're older or maybe they're younger. It's okay to have someone who's younger even to be a mentor in your life because who's that person in your life? Amen? That Paul. And then Epaphroditus is that peer. It's amazing. This guy was fired up. He was like co-worker and peer with Paul. I'm like, that guy was awesome. How are you a peer with... To be called a peer with Paul, that's amazing. This guy almost risked his life because he was so sick to help Paul out. It was unwise the way he acted. It's amazing. But he did it because he loved Paul. He was a co-worker, fellow soldier, a peer. We need peers in our life who are able to call us out sometimes and say, what are you doing? Or you can do that. Come on. You know? And so having Epaphroditus in your life, having somebody who can be that friend serving alongside you. You know, as you think about these, these three things, you know, just you're not alone. God is working in your life. He's with you. Amen? Amen? There's also those examples, those stars in the universe that are shining brightly. They're shining. You know, each and every day they're shining. People in this room are shining. When you gr- don't grumble or complain, you shine. Amen? Amen. And then, last but not least, you're not alone because you have friends, amazing friends that are there for you, people that really care about you in amazing ways. You know, it's, it's incredible when you think about this. Remember how much you're not alone and how serving people can really help. God is with us. We have stars that are shining with us, and we have friends that serve alongside us. Amen. Amen. Have a great rest of the service. Amen.